0: They're coming in live, y'all. They're coming in live. They're not on the phone. They can't hang up if they don't like a question I ask. You know, I got them I got them handcuffed to the to the, to the stools. And um, the great thing about Money Making Conversations, the brand is Braun in the podcast world, series XM 141, 142. You can hear this show on all HBCU campuses, as well as Howard University, as well as a lot of platforms like Alexa. But more importantly, the show is about entrepreneurship. It's about branding. It's about getting the word out about information that you need to know that you need to be aware of. And I allow my guests to come on the show and have an open forum about uh, communicating the value of what what the venture or the uh, job or the career or the business that they're involved in and the importance of it in the community. My main thing about money-making conversation is bringing value to people who seem to be devalued. That's especially in minority community. And I always tell people that Uh, we all are good taxpayers. We also all pay a certain level of taxes, but we should be recognized for our value. And sometimes we aren't recognized for our value. And guess what? We're left out. And so money-making conversation is about giving information to individuals so they won't be left out. And so my next guest represents an organization that provides children facing adversity with strong and enduring, professionally supported one-to-one mentoring relationships that ignite the power and promise of youth. Nearly half a million children and Metro Atlanta live in communities with low well-being. That's very important that I say that. Their vital mission is to recruit volunteers to become mentors to children facing adversity. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation the president and CEO of Big Brother, Big Sister Foundation, and volunteer recruitment manager of Greater, Los An- of Greater Atlanta, Kwame Johnson and Juliet Idochu. Yeah. Ooh, that's, that's... Thank Thanks for having I'm me. Working before I getting these names straight. Hard last Ooh, name, man. I don't hey, know. I wouldn't have hey, tried. Look look
1: what she looking at
0: me? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have went for that. And, last she, and she mouthed her name for <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> I need the help on the phone. She wouldn't have been no help.
1: <laughs> but welcome to my studio. First of all, how are you doing, Kwame? Oh man, I'm great, man. It's Monday. I'm blessed to be here. We appreciate you giving us this opportunity to come in.
0: Cool. And uh, Juliet, you have a Nigerian heritage.
1: Yes, yes. Um
2: first generation. Nigerian-American. Crazy Mm -hmm. story. I was born in America. Um, Four days later, my parents moved back to Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Almost killed me, but thank God I'm still here. Mm -hmm. And then I moved back to America when I was four years old.
0: Absolutely. That's that's great. Now, the the initial question is, I got to ask you, Kwame, what is Big Brother, Big Sister?
1: So Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Metro Atlanta is an amazing organization that is really helping young people reach their full potential through one-to-one mentoring relationships. So we match young people in need all across the metropolitan with what we call big brothers and big sisters. And these are men and women who've taken that challenge to really help a young person, uh, through building a relationship. Uh, and we, you know, have great results of, you know, kids going to the next grade level, uh, graduating high school, avoiding the criminal justice system. And it's really through that personal one-on-one relationship. And that's our sweet sauce, not only here in Atlanta, but across the country through all of our big brothers, big sisters.
0: Well, you're a big brother. Yes. Let me slide over to a big sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the important role of young females, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, we have a lot of things going on out there. We have, uh, you know, slave trading going on out there, so young females can get caught up into that. We have street prostitution. Young mm-hmm. females can get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. Pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Young females can get caught up into that. Talk to me about that role of the big sister and volunteer, the importance of volunteers stepping into a young female's life. I'm not saying that young men aren't affected like that, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of more physical barriers that a female can get uh, abused in, mm-hmm. and uh, and we don't recognize or admit that publicly
2: Yeah, well, I could speak firsthand of being a former little sister. Mm-hmm. I'm still, if you want to technically call me a little sister, because I've been matched with my big since I was seven years old, and we still have a strong relationship now. Um, so I know firsthand of why this organization is so great. Um, unlike a lot of the kids that we serve, I came from an amazing family—mom, dad. It was just five of us. I was mm-hmm. the middle child, and I was a little crazy.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So my
2: mm-hmm. big sister was there to just stare me in the Right direction, like I said earlier, being first generation Nigerian, parents were really strict, and I think my way of not listening to them was to be very rebellious. And mm-hmm. certain areas that we we lived in, I started to go down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. And it was so amazing to have my big sister, Emelita Johnson. Hi, to, Um, who was there to 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 teach me and have those conversations that I couldn't have with my mom mm-hmm. or my aunts because mm-hmm. they were so strict. Um, so. I, I I always tell ladies that yes, we do talk about the boys a lot because mm-hmm. we have that need for male mentors. But um, our young girls, our little girls, they need it as well with social media and self esteem. Do I want to look like Carly B? Do I want to look like Nicki Minaj? And mm-hmm. just all these different things, right? This these kids are strong now because social media. I'm so happy I didn't have it um, when I was their age. But having that person to tell you that you don't have to look like that or dress like that to get any attention or to be special so um it's it's just important for our, our ladies as well to step up to to be mentors
0: well you know I, the reason is we're showing your shows about entrepreneurship you' show, why is why is bringing a big brother big sister organization on the show because it's about mentoring yeah this is just it's people successful males and females who are in the entrepreneur world academic world career career uh success in the career employers and employees, this is the part of the game that I always say the balanced life, the giving back. Yeah. That's why I have you two on the show to talk about Big Brother, Big Sister, and any other organization that leverages their relationship to empower our youth to be better citizens in this country through academics, through just lifestyle and personal well-being. Mm-hmm. So what is when you see your role, your overall role, what disappoints you and what excites you about how people are, are come to the Big Brother, Big Sister Foundation.
1: Yeah, so, you know, you know my, my role, I think, is to be an example to young people that whatever you want to achieve in life is possible. Outside right. of my role as the CEO of Big Brothers, Big Sisters, I've been in that life, had challenges my, my, of my own, and, and I'm happy to be here because, you know, it could have went the wrong way and I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what, what is you know, always on my mind about Atlanta is just the challenges that kids in poverty face in Atlanta. If you're born in poverty in Atlanta, you have a 4% chance to make it out. Right. And how is that possible in a city like Atlanta with all the history uh, to, for that to be possible? The flip side of that is I know that 99% of our kids avoid the criminal justice system. I know 95% graduate high school. And if you look at all the data, the fastest way out of poverty is a high school diploma.
0: Well, you know, the thing about it, okay, I'm a, I'm a member of Omega Sci-Fi Phi. So when I hear, and when I, when I of all male fraternity, is service, yeah. especially service community. Mm-hmm. What involvement are you guys pursued potential involvement of male fraternities?
1: Yeah, we, we do a lot of work with, with all the different fraternities, and they do great work. Um, and we've had recruiting events where mm-hmm. we had the Omegas, the Alphas, the Kappas, Uh, come in and and help recruit men. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of those organizations also have mentoring organizations, Mm -hmm. mentoring programs already. Mm -hmm. So we provided guidance to them to help them do their their work better. Mm -hmm. So we look at all types of affinity groups to bring them in, and it's really getting in front of the right folks and saying, hey, this is what we're doing. How can we partner? Can we help you with your mentoring program? Mm -hmm. Can you help us recruit mentors? Um, And it's worked really great. So Mm -hmm. we've had a lot of success. We just launched a partnership with the mayor's office called 100 Men to Mentor Challenge. Where the mayor issued so gonna, a
0: 100 men to
1: mentors, men to mentors challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mayor Bottoms, as a part of her My Brother's Keeper initiative, which is a big part of One Atlanta, mm-hmm. equity, making Atlanta a great city for everybody, has partnered with us to match 100 boys on our waiting list in the city of Atlanta. Okay, And that challenge went out. Over 200 men have raised their hand and have come in and are now going through our process so those are unique ways we can process partner. process,
0: screening, background screening, screening screen, and all, that.
1: Mm-hmm. all that. So to get to the meat and bones of what it would take to become a big brother or big sister for the folks in the room and who are listening, we, you have to uh, first agree to do one year, right? We know if you come into a young kid's life for less than a year, you're going to do more damage. Right. So that's, that's the non-negotiable. Can you do this for a year? We want you to do it longer than that. Most matches last three years. We've had matches last 10 years. We've had matches open up Flip Burger on Hal Mill. Um, to go back to the entrepreneur piece. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we ask you for at least eight hours a month. Can Mm -hmm. you spend eight hours a month? I do it. My little's eight and I make the time to make it happen. And then we get to know you. We screen you. Of course, we want to make sure you're safe for kids. And then we match you with a young person of your preference, uh, uh, to make it happen. And through that relationship, magic happens. When
0: you say, when you say you match, let's talk about that. Yeah. Of, you use the word preference. Yeah. Talk to us about yeah. that. Yeah.
1: So if you've, you know, ever heard of match.com or those kind of places, right. <laughs> you know, uh, relationships are based on, you know, uh, preferences mm-hmm. and what you like and what that person likes. And we use that same technology and in, in, in thinking in our matches because we mm-hmm. want the matches to last again. So you may want to work with a young person who's 10, who's in the, you know, entrepreneurship, and maybe he wants to get into this business at some point. Mm-hmm. So we would find that right match for you. We right. wouldn't just say, hey, here's this kid. You know, and we'd also make sure that that young person lives near you because we know that matters within 15 miles of where you live. So we know we have kids in College Park, South Fulton, different parts of the city uh, that are waiting longer than other kids. Mm-hmm. But we use that preference and all that to make the match. And then we actually support you with a coach. So not only are you matched, you have someone who walk alongside you in that match to make sure you're successful.
0: So you're not learning on the fly. You're not learning on no, the fly. No, you know, no.
1: Situations come up all the time every day. I you know, you might want to call into us and say, "Hey, you know, I'm dealing with this situation. What do you think?" or "Hey, I need some tickets to the Hawks game. Can you make it happen?" That's what we provide oh, you got to it like you. That, huh?
0: yeah, we provide all to you. The hawk's gonna be on fire this year. I am like, Well, let's talk about this off air, man. I'm, huh? I'm signing up 100. All you need is 100. Okay, maybe it's just 99. I need, nine. need about 400 99. total, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, four, just 99 right now. Just, uh, down to 99 right now. Rashawn just signed up. The Hawks brought me in. Oh, know. the Hawks brought you in. Alley to the rim, you know. But that's but that's how you get everything. Like I love the fact that you understand. Why people will give up or quit or yeah. distance driving? You you sign up for a kid who is into athletics and he's not. You ain't got time for that. You want you know it's just making sure that there's a like-minded relationship. Yeah. So it's a long-term relationship. Uh, again, you know we've talked about I we talked about boys a lot. Yeah. Let's go back to the girls' programs. Mm-hmm. I want to get that out because I have a 22-year-old daughter who I lo- love to death. And yeah. She's not part of this program, but I know how responsible. My wife and I role has been in her life mm-hmm. and getting her to where she's at right now. Yeah. And she's still growing. Yeah. The, the programs are available for these young young ladies.
2: No, it's, it's... Same age group? Same age group. Yeah. So the programs are pretty open, like, um, for both boys and girls. We have different activities for it. We have Saturday activities, like Kwame said. Because of a lot of uh, our employer partners, we give out a lot of tickets. If it's... We had Color Purple last year. If it's Medieval Times. If it's a game... We the great thing about your match support specialists is that they know you. Mm-hmm. So whatever you or your match is is into, mm-hmm. she'll call you, he'll call you and be like, Hey, Mike, I know that you and um Jamal like football. We have we Arthur Blank donated 30 tickets and mm-hmm. I know that you and your match been doing mm-hmm. so great, I want to give you guys these tickets. Are you interested in going? So um no matter what you're into, no matter what kind of questions that you may have, our match support specialists are there. Um, to help you out throughout the process.
0: Okay, you said the uh, Falcons, Atlanta United. Okay, okay.
2: Still, stem trucks. We have uh, <laughs> we have different art projects that we do in the office. We, we keep you active. Like, yeah.
0: Okay, I don't consider myself a celebrity. I, I I am well known. So what about celebrities participating in Big Brother, Big Sister? I got to bring that out because it feels like that. You're In Atlanta, this is a growing entertainment base. It's always been known for strong hip-hop and entertainment values here. And a lot of artists... African American based, uh, Latino based are living here now. Yeah. Yes. Well, how are you recruiting those?
1: Yeah, and we've, you know, really done well with different uh, celebrities around town. We just had our annual picnic where we had hundreds of bigs and littles come out mm-hmm. and celebrate. And uh, Young Jock stopped, stopped by, who's an honorary big. Uh, Hugh Parker, 112, stopped by. Angel McCarty with the, the WNBA, The Dream, has been a part of the work. Uh, there a number. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I challenged her to a one-on-one. I still haven't gotten that. Uh, you know, I know she's back now, but oh, uh, yeah. you know, she's so. claiming that knee. That knee. <laughs> that knee. <slowing laughs> a little bit more. Time. I know. We, I know we're slowing you
0: down. I want to make sure we get the contact information. I only got like 40 seconds left. Yes. Please tell us how we can reach out to you, social media and number wise.
1: Yeah, So go to our website, Big Brothers Big Sisters of Metro Atlanta, which is BBBS three B's dot We are on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, you can reach out, follow us. It's very easy to sign up on our website. You click on the tab that says Become a Big, and it gives you all the steps. Uh, come into our office, learn more, make sure it's a good fit for you. We appreciate you bringing, on, bringing <laughs> us on the show to make this happen. I
0: appreciate you, Julia.
2: Um, 10 seconds. Yeah, 10 seconds. Um, if your corporation, your organization wants to get involved with Big Brothers to Big Sisters, feel free to reach out to the organization, reach out to me, and I will come out and recruit you and your team to become VIX. She's
0: awesome. Thank you. <laughs> we we'll are back with more money making conversations.
4: Hey, this is Tasha Evans, and I love to eat at great restaurants. And more than that, I love great desserts. So does Rashawn McDonald. Check out his new website. That's www. RashawnMcDonald.com That's R-U-S-H-I-O-N and McDonald is spelled just like the famous restaurant chain. Guys, Rashawn is looking for great bakers for his baker spotlight. He wants to brag on his fans for their incredible baking skills on his social media and website. That can be your mom, friend, co-worker, or relative. Spread the word
5: today. As host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy-to-understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations.
6: Until you do the business plan or incorporate or actually create that product right. or start selling products, the universe doesn't have to deal with you.
5: Money-making conversations is an innovative platform that delivers financial literacy to help everyone with their brand success.
7: It's good to have a money-making conversation with somebody that make money. <laughs> Excuse
0: me. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. I said it correct, y'all. McDonald. Rashawn McDonald! Rashawn McDonald! still the same name. It's what you do in life with that name that makes a difference. And when you make a difference, people take note. All my life, I've just been um, trying to be Rashawn. Trying to be my father's name Russian. I decided I didn't want to be Russian. I want to be Rashawn. He accepted it after a while because everybody kept calling me Rashawn. <laughs> but the key is in life is what people expect of you and then you deliver. I That's called motivating yourself to be a winner. And I've always felt that uh, my parents allowed me to be Rashawn. They allowed me to be myself, allowed me to make my own decisions. Some people might take that and say, hey, they should have been there for you at every every corner, should have, should have assisted your ability to be successful. You know, what do you define as success? Some people define success as a lot of money. Some people define success as a big house, a car, the amount of food they can consume. So find your lane and be consistent about it. Then you can be successful. And don't define how much sleep you get or how much sleep you don't get. That's how much you can be successful. Some people look at me and the schedule I have. I get up at 4.15 a.m. on a daily basis, and I've learned that if I don't get up at 4.15, I'm I'm physically trained that I become very dysfunctional if I get up at 6 o'clock because I miss some valuable uh, time, uh, preparation time. I've learned that I need two hours to get my life rolling. And after that, I'm I'm good. But but knowing that... uh, it's what you need to get your life ready. When I bring people on my show, I try to allow them to speak about their success stories. I also speak about those moments in their life where they felt a uh, felt a lot of doubt, a lot of uh, ability to not feel successful. They, that their dreams were being questioned, their efforts were being questioned, their ability to be successful were being questioned. That's what money making Conversations is all about. My next guest, first time on my show, first time on my show, but I've watched her many, many times. My next guest is the fastest American woman in the history at 400 meters. Right there, you know that's something I can't do, male or female. I can never be the fastest. I cannot be the fastest talker, the fastest eater. I definitely could not be the fastest person on a track. She is a Jamaican American former track and field athlete who, completed interna- who competed internationally for the United States. In addition to her track prowess, she is also an entrepreneur, TV personality, public speaker, and humanitarian. She's the founder of the Sonia Richards Ross Fast Track Program in Kingston, Jamaica, which has provided over seven hundred children with literacy training, physical education, physical education, and healthy meals. A key is the healthy meal. Her sports clinics re-educate, empower, and provide youth with tools and strategies to excel both on and off the track. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, my good friend. I'm calling my friend because she's doing things in life that I respect. Sonia Richards. Ross.
8: Oh, thank you so much, Rashawn. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I've heard a bunch of the conversations you've had and also followed you. So thanks for having me.
0: Well, first of all, where are you at right now? What part of the country, (laughs) the world, the state? Where are you at? So we can just landmark that first.
8: So I'm in Austin, Texas. This is where I live. I've been here since I came to the University of Texas for college. Mm -hmm. So I am home in Austin, Texas.
0: Now, you, but you do your, but your foundation, your clinic is in Kingston, Jamaica, correct? That's right. Okay. Do you do, you, do you do the same thing in Austin, Texas where you're home or you just feel there's a need for it in, in Jamaica?
8: Well, no. So my husband and I do clinics. We've done clinics all over the country. Mm -hmm. But the main clinic that I started in, I guess that was 2009, Mm -hmm. in Kingston, Jamaica. I'm from Jamaica, uh, like you mentioned at the top of the show. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that really pulled at my heartstrings was when I was traveling a lot and I would compete in Jamaica every year, I started to hear that illiteracy was rising in my country. And one of the things I always was so proud of was the education I received in Jamaica. And so... Um, As you can imagine, money goes a lot further in a third-world country like Jamaica. And Mm -hmm. so I just put some money, and I got a bunch of other friends to help me and some other great organizations to support us, and we were able to start a really significant program there. So um, the one in Jamaica was the biggest one, and then we've done my husband does football camps in Tyler, Texas, San Antonio. I've done a camp in Florida. Um, But the one that I had the most staying power and the most longevity was our our camp in, in Kingston, Jamaica.
0: Great. I was just in Jamaica, re- vacation. <clears throat> I was at the Half Moon Resort, you know, it's one of my favorite yes! places to stay, you know. Nice. Got me some good food, you know what I'm saying. Some good, yes, things, yes. Some good <laughs> jerk <laughs> pork, you know, some <laughs> beef patties, you know, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and So I had a good time, so I just got back, so it was really great talking about it. Here's my number one question to you. When does an athlete stop being an athlete? Ooh,
8: that is a really good question, you know you get interviewed all the time and you're always like, oh, it's going to be the same old questions. No one has ever asked me that. And, um, you know, I think the answer to that, Rashad, is you never do. You never do. I think that being an athlete is so much more than just running on a track or drinking a basketball. I think it's a lifestyle. And um, and so I, I feel like I'm still an athlete today, You know, whether it's being a mom or an entrepreneur or some of the other things that I do. I have carried so many of the lessons and experiences that I've learned from sports. And so, I still feel like an
0: athlete right now. <laughs> well, you know the the, the things I always mar- admired by track athletes, the fast track athletes, with those abs, you know. Oh my God, the, <laughs> the, the, the the six packs, the fourteen packs, the thirty packs. Because is it because of the lifting those knees, those legs, and at that rapid rate, <laughs> you kind of like doing little little stomach crunches and everything when you're flying around that track? Cause you know y'all just be showboating. With the with the abs, it's just just ridiculous.
8: Well, you know, it's 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 a little bit of both, Rashawn. Like, of course, running every day and the movements that we do. But I actually did a thousand sit-ups every day, five days a week, for the majority of my career. Um, so those abs were not only, I guess, beautiful, but they were very functional um, because the four hundred, uh, like you mentioned, that was my expertise I'm the American record holder. Painful. 400. Painful. <laughs> Painful. Exactly. And in order to run the Final hundred. Well, you really need to have a strong core. So, I did a lot of training to to get those six pack abs. I I miss them. <laughs>
0: I want them back. Okay, wait, 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 wait. You just said that athletes never stop. Okay, you talking about you <laughs> slipping there? So you let people talk. Yes. They tell you what they hit right at the banana banana split and everything. A thousand. You did a thousand crunches? Yes. Or was, was it the leg raises? or you know, tell me, well, well, cause Some people cheat when they say a thousand sit-ups. Would well, you put the, 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 the lock fingers behind the head sit up What type of sit-ups were you doing?
8: I was doing all kinds of, uh, we, call, we would say I would do say, core exercises. I would do the traditional core. We would do weighted core. Oh, yeah. We would do planking, timed oh, time core, oh, bed God. ball core, physio oh. ball core, all oh. kinds of different core exercises focusing on the front core and also the back. A lot of people forget that your back is a part of your core, and a yes. part of your stability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of core training on my back as well.
0: Well, you know, it's really interesting when I when I look at athletes who are as accomplished as you, you know, because of the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, there are, you, you can look at different things and become seasonal. It, it, is there such a thing as a seasonal period for a track athlete?
8: No, I mean, I feel like uh, we don't tra- train year-round. When I was training competitively, I would take four to six weeks off every year, but mm-hmm. even in that time, even though yes, I wasn't running or in the gym, I, I was still operating like a high-level athlete. So I was still trying to eat well and resting well and still taking care of my body. So I don't think there's anything as a seasonal professional athlete. I think that um, if you're going to be a professional athlete, it's a, a you know it's a year-round commitment, uh, and you're always thinking about trying to get the best out of your body, even in the off
0: season. Well, you know, because of the fact that you know when I think about it just trying to be in shape and I'm gonna tell you something I'm the worst person you hang out with me um you really be going Rashawn, ridiculous the way you eat <laughs> you know because I, I fool people you know I look like I'm in shape and then they go really? yes you do <laughs> really, really? use desserts before you eat your meals yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so stop looking at me like I'm crazy because that's gonna happen all the time and so do you do you train people or do you do you, do people because people come to you I'm sure you know, cause I've looked at your resume, but what do, what do you do when people ask for training advice or, or just look at you? And they say, well, oh, you know I'm from Jamaica, you know, it's just God given, you know, I, I just, I, I do my thousand sit-ups. I've got fast feats. This is my life. What yeah, do you well, do? I mean, cause I'm, people just assume that you just were given it, you know, and that's, that's an insult yeah. to what you have achieved as an athlete, correct?
8: Oh yeah. I mean, the God given talent is just the basis. Um, and the foundation that you have to build on if you want to be a great athlete. And so I was definitely born and gifted with, uh, with speed. Yes, but the, I mean, so many hours of work and commitment to be able to be the best in the world. And you also asked if I coach other athletes and stuff. And, you know, I'm so grateful for the amazing coaches I've had throughout my entire career, but right. I am not cut out to be a coach. Right? I know. So, Don't you know. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Yeah. But, but one of the things I do love and I'm really passionate about is mentoring young athletes. And so, Mm -hmm. Whenever athletes reach out to me or any athlete that's kind of been in my sphere, uh, whether here in Austin, the UT athletes or some of the young professionals, I'm always excited about helping to mentor them, to guide them through that transition from the collegiate ranks into the professional ranks. But I don't coach athletes. And if athletes, young athletes reach out to me on social media or DM me, I always try to send them back with encouragement or something that I feel I could share that might help them get over the hump. But, as far as coaching, I don't think that's something I, I never say never, but I'm not something
0: that it's in my near future. Okay, now, Mommy Nation, okay. before we get off the air, Mommy Nation, how can uh, individuals connect with that?
8: So, the first thing is, and I would love for them to check out the actual blog. So, it's mommy with an I, not a Y, mommynation.com, where we have over 300 blogs on pregnancy, on life after marriage, after divorce, just everything. We're trying to cover the full breadth of what motherhood is. Um, and being a mom and being a woman and a wife looks like. So you can connect with us there. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. Um, but I also would love to invite any mom who either blogs, doesn't blog, if they ever want to contribute to our platform. We're always looking for new moms to write blogs and to share their stories to encourage, encourage other moms. So, But, of course, the main place to check us out is MommyNation.com.
0: We'll talk soon. Good luck. I, wish, so I would say time. keep running, but, you know, you're not running anymore, so keep keep. <laughs> keep being a mom. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thank Stay you awesome. so
8: much. What a treat to con- to connect with you and I definitely definitely would love to connect with you when we're in Atlanta so yep. just we'll make sure that happens.
0: We'll make sure that happens. Good luck. We we'll talk soon. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that
5: dial. As host of Money Making Conversations, Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy to understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations.
6: Until you do the business plan or incorporate or actually create that product right. or start selling products, the universe doesn't have to deal with you.
5: Money-Making Conversations is an innovative platform that delivers financial literacy to help everyone with their brand success.
0: It's good to have a Money-Making Conversation with somebody that make money. <laughs> Excuse me. Hi, this is Rushan McDonald, the host of Money-Making Conversations. You say to yourself, who calls Rushan Shell?" Please welcome to Money-Making Conversations, Chris Paul. I think for me, I've always looked at basketball as a tool. Like, I love the game more than anybody, but I always say basketball is what I do. It's not who I am.
5: Money-Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com and follow Money-Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time you stop thinking about your dreams and put some plans into action.
0: You know, got some people in here. This is a foodie interview right here now. So you know, everybody know I get excited about my food. I have a program, something called Roshan Eats, where I go and I list uh, exciting restaurants all over the country, whether I've been there or not, or I've been to most of them. Mm-hmm. And this restaurant that I'm talking about today, I posted on Rashawn McDonald at Rashawn McDonald on my Facebook page before I even went there because it was so highly recommended. And I finally went there last week, and they lived up to the hype. You know, you know, you know it's it's kind of hard because sometimes people hype. They talk, oh, man, you gotta get the you gotta get the the peach cobbler French toast. You know that the, the chicken biscuits, man, you gotta get that that breakfast bowl. And then you go in there, and, you know, but they lived up there because I got a. I got, I got a, my table, you know, it was just filled with plates. And so my guests, uh, uh, sitting next to me in the studio today, uh, you know, they, and I read that you reopened the Atlanta Breakfast Club, which is, I want to say downtown, please welcome the Money-Making Conversation, the owners of Atlanta Breakfast Club, Anthony Sanders and Osiris Ballard. Thank
6: you, thank you. Nice Thanks man.
0: for having us. Can you get close to the mic? Absolutely. Because, see, uh, see, I, re- I want to talk to Anthony real quick, because mm-hmm. I had a question in my uh, portal, said, "Are we allowed to use profanity?" So I want to know. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've done this show for two years. I've never okay. had a question like that in my portal. Are mm-hmm. we allowed? I'm trying to figure. What do I need to get the button ready for you? Or what's going on there, Anthony? What's going on, bro?
9: No, I just always want to kind of when people, you know, if I'm ever gonna use my platform to tell my story, you know, okay. I have some great stories and I have some not so great stories. Okay, so. and some salt in it. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. So, De- depending on who's my audience, depends on who's listening. You know, I'm, depends on how. how
0: okay, how but we speak. we we're gonna we we're going we're gonna keep the salt out of this conversation. Yes, sir. So, Cyrus, we good? Was was it any profanity, uh, words of charge that I need to screen you on before we can start with this interview? Uh, no, not at all. Well, we good. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good. I just want to get that out of the way because I, right, I I've it. never seen that in my portal, <laughs> and I went. Wow, that's pretty strong. Let me get that out of the way first because I can handle it because I was I'm a I could say I'm a former, I'm a still in a stand-up comedy. I did Def comedy I've done Deaf Comedy Jam. I've done Steve Harvey was my opening act when I started doing stand-up comedy. So I've used the words, the salty words on stage. So I'm not I don't run from that language. So that may I made a lot of money talking like that. But for the general public, they the FCC will take take me off the hat. So let's talk about these food. Let's talk about my experience of going to your restaurant, the Atlanta Breakfast Club. You know, my staff immediately said, first of all, like I stated earlier, it has been featured. If you go to bakerspotlight.com and click Roshan Eats, you'll see. And click Breakfast, you'll see your restaurant will pop up. Um, my board producer, uh, he highly recommended it. You know, you know, people recommend stuff. Anthony Osiris, they yes. get a, they get aggressive. You know, they touch you you the mm-hmm. people they touch you you yes. know you better go you know they I go okay you touching me man are, are you forcing <laughs> me to go because he he felt the food was that good he said was well, always a line there then my staff came to me and they said Rishon, they want to make sure that when you come that you let them know ahead of time i said i don't i don't do that i want to go in there and enjoy the experience mm-hmm. the experience was amazing okay so so when i got there you know i i, I drove around trying to find me a place to park all right cuz it's right over there by the georgia aquarium correct yes. Okay, then I realized you just park right across the street at the Georgia Aquarium. That's why I wound up parking, right across the street. It was comfortable. It was easy. Then I walked across the street. uh, That 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 hotel, the Spring Hill Suites. Yes, sir. I was walking (laughs) up the street from Spring Hill Suites to the restaurant, Atlanta Breakfast Club. I smelled this aroma of... Great food. I, I almost felt like they had a fan in front of my face, you know, with the food. Just let me know. And then I got there. There was a there was a line. It wasn't a line that turned me away, but there was a line, which is a good thing, you know. that you, I means you you want to be in places that you can't mm-hmm. get in sometimes, cause you, you want to figure out why they want to get in before you. So uh, the 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 uh, staff was uh, was was gracious. Put me down. Uh, they spoke. I, I sat down, and with my staff, I took uh, I took uh, Samantha, and I took Dale. I told him, Hey, man. Because you have great pictures, because you have on on your screens, you have like um, uh, pictures of different food and people having a good time and different events and things like that. And then on your menu, I said, I I, I could just, I said, just let me order. So I ordered uh, (coughs) the peach cobbler French toast. Okay, that's all. Who made that one up? Who, Who made that one? I'm the chef. Uh-huh. Oh, you? Oh, okay, don't of look course. at oh, Okay, yeah, Osiris, of I'm course. sorry, brother. Okay. Oh, no, don't be, don't be. Said, I he, love my he, lanes. He said, hey, 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 don't be looking over <laughs> at Osiris. I made that one. Okay, so now that's a combination of of, of, of peach cobbler and french toast. How did that come about now? Because, you know, you can talk to me.
9: Um, How it came about, I think, you know, it's just just a, the thought process, education of, of food. Mm-hmm. What we wanted was something was ATL. You know, mm, right. uh, we wanted something that spoke indigenous to the city. We mm-hmm. wanted peaches. We wanted peach. Uh, we wanted cobbler. We wanted brown sugar. We wanted cinnamon. We mm. wanted, yeah. but we wanted audacious though. Yeah. We didn't yeah. want to just have it, just a regular peach cobbler a right. regular French toast. So we combined the two, being in the breakfast industry. Okay, let
0: me tell you something. That that that'll work in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, that'll work in Houston. They work in Dallas that work in Chicago so so I'm letting you know you might think it's authentic or made it for the Georgia peach of Atlanta Georgia in, <laughs> I'm from Houston Texas boy that work for me I could take that home to my my sisters all of them they the child down on that so you got something working there right there so that's why people coming all over the country to your place okay then I had the uh that that that, that breakfast bowl tell me about how the breakfast bowl came about
9: well um, it's uh it's it's Tell everybody grits. what's in that
0: breakfast bowl, too. It's grits. It's grits. eggs. Right it's... there, right there. I'm a grit man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a grit man. I have six sisters, two brothers, straight out of Fifth Ward, Texas. My wife, she knows. She, we talking about grits yesterday, brother. She said, you because I only like my grits a certain way. And, brother, y'all brought it. Thank you, thank you. I mean, <laughs> people
9: don't understand that's such an art
0: behind I mean, grits, hey, Brother, man. brother, it's the, it's the people out like there. It's the people. I'm telling yeah. you something, man, I was in this lounge, okay? You know, one of these lounges, one of these lounges. You can, you know, you fly a lot. They let you in these lounges, and somebody decided to put grits out there. Oh no, they did not know what they were doing. I called the people in the back. I said, "Excuse me, before y'all ruin other people's lives eating these grits, get them out of here." Wow. So you know what I'm talking about. Yes, Everybody sir. cannot make grits. Come mm-hmm. look, T talk about it because y'all can make grits over there, bro. <laughs> thank you,
9: thank, thank you. you. Well, I mean, it's like how. If you're from, we're from the south, man. We're from Florida. We're both from Florida. So whether he was doing You're grits Osiris, yes, yeah, Osiris from mm-hmm. Miami. I'm from North Florida. Oh, you're way down. He can't get no more from. Yeah, so, okay. that's that's you know. <laughs> but uh, there's nothing like a good bowl of grits, man. Because grits, grits take patience. Mm-hmm. You can't expedite the process. Oh no. So oh, no. it being made correctly. Yes, sir. People that you know, you don't know why you appreciate a good bowl of grits until you've seen the process because. Your bowl of grits might be, oh, I cook them really nice and they had a good brand, they're, mm-hmm. they're stone ground. Mm-hmm. But my, my grits are, who came up with grits? Mm-hmm. I, I, saw, I saw a woman with, with rocks in her hand grating corn mm-hmm. to add water to why the men were in the field mm-hmm. to survive. That's where grits are to me. Grits mm-hmm. tell a story of, how mm-hmm. do we even get here? How are you at this table right now? Right. Because someone took, the, took the, the byproduct of corn and rubbed it together. Til it was nothing. Mm-hmm. and they added water, and they found salt, and they stirred it up, and they fed 20 people with it. So that's what grits are, too. Mm-hmm. So people that value grits, value there. the process, right? put my butt in there, brother. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> put a little, I put a little pep on that. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, when, I, when
0: I was younger, my mom would throw some bacon grease on top of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nasty, nasty, nasty. Oh, <laughs> Woo. okay, okay, let me, let me, let me. Then I had to, did you, did you? Oh, well, we're running out of time here on the first break. Salmon croquettes. <laughs> now, let tell tell you, man. See, see, I do. So, that's all I grew up on was salmon croquettes. So, so when Samantha said, "Rishon, they got your food over here," I said, "We got to get the croquettes." Now. How did that make it to the menu, brother? Because it's not every that everybody. It might be south, but everybody's not serving salmon croquettes now.
9: No. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, us Florida boys, we grew up on oh, yeah. fishing grits. See, there you go, yeah. Like fried fishing
0: grits, like go. mullet and catfish and snapper go. and grouper. So. Yeah. you but starting to make me cry. Here, now bro. I get it, you know, search, some of us grew up. This is up Atlanta like, Breakfast Club. This the executive chef here. <laughs> Osiris, he back there. He hadn't said anything because he letting him have the flow because he know I'm over here crying. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at this man here. You know, I'm about to go. I'm going to be leaving today. Y'all close to three, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> See, i will be, be over there before three. <laughs> See, they know I pay, so they might open up me a oh. little table. <laughs> not that I know them, you know.
9: Well, the, the salmon—it you know, was—it's it was, something that's indigenous to Georgia. I think it's mm-hmm. a kind of respect where you are. Uh, but we're not—we didn't use canned salmon. We want to use the freshest salmon. We Absolutely. To, we want mm-hmm. to use fresh herbs because that's how we could take our fine dining and business experience and mm-hmm. to convert that into uh, quaint breakfast food.
0: Good. Now, Osiris, you've been very uh, nice sitting back there. You. The, Co owner of the Atlanta Breakfast Club, you know, you said when he said he's the executive chef, mm-hmm. you know, you say, Hey Rashon, I know my lane. Yeah. Okay. What is your lane when it comes to the uh, good company? Good for the good food in the company? Yes, sir.
6: Right. Correct. Cool. Correct. Well, you know, it's um it's a it's an interesting lane because it uh pours over into a lot of what he does. But, you know, for me I've been a student of all the great food that he's produced and mm-hmm. the ingredients mm-hmm. and the various menu concepts that mm-hmm. he's also produced. So I've learned in this kind of structure, I've learned how to incorporate the, my business function with how, how do we grow this brand effectively, but using these key ingredients and profiling um, him as an executive chef mm-hmm. on a whole nother level in terms of creating that platform that's timeless mm-hmm. so for us it's about doing something new and fresh even on even in on the business side of it mm-hmm. so that's been fun that's been interesting um, I mean we talk about it every day right it, it's it's we there's a lot of stress involved in what we do but it's manageable Right. and I, I don't know if anyone ever realized, but this is some exciting stress
0: right it, it's pretty
6: Absolutely. exciting right. and you know the, 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 the titling song, Living Your Best Life, you know, we, that's what we are truly doing. Mm-hmm. So when we came, when our paths crossed, we both came from backgrounds of hard learned lessons. Right. And mm-hmm. truly we were prepared uh, in, those, in those lessons. We've been, we've been prepared for this moment, for this time. And now we're just um, excited about all the opportunities because I, I can tell you this, every opportunity... That that is before us mm-hmm. has walked through those doors on 249 Ivan Allen Jr Boulevard at the Atlanta Breakfast Club.
0: Osiris, you mm-hmm. guys about to open a new location? Tell us about why you open a new location. Does it make you nervous? You're gonna mm-hmm. open a new location, and how do you promote that new location so it won't get, you know, won't won't take away from your your primary location?
6: Right. Well, <clears throat> the the why is is simple. It's because uh, we're blessed to have people like yourself who demand a great product in many different areas, locations. So we we definitely have to answer the call for that. Um, It's a a twist on the food concept in itself. It's more of an abbreviated version Mm -hmm. of what we're doing now at Atlanta Breakfast Club. But Mm -hmm. nonetheless, it is a truly exciting venture. Um, The interesting thing, though, with this particular location is it is a um, historic building, on three forty Auburn Avenue, mm-hmm. down the street from Ebenezer Baptist Church, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, um, we sat down one day. We looked at it, and and although you get a location, most times people, you know, the idea is let's do the same thing we did here. You know, we're we're pretty gutsy. You know, we figured, you know, let's create a different concept, and this concept involves a craft, a nitro craft beverage mm-hmm. that. Through other relationships, we've been able to cultivate. Mm-hmm. So this new location is dubbed as the Atlanta Breakfast Club Chicken and Waffles uh, Nitro Coffee Counter. Um, so this this is a combination of great coffee, mm-hmm. nitro craft mm-hmm. beverages, mm-hmm. and specialty chicken and waffles mm-hmm. in terms of just how he has crafted that food concept mm-hmm. and, and marry the
0: two. Thank you for coming off short. show. I know you guys are busy. Got a line at the door right now waiting on y'all. But I appreciate you. You're all about business. You're all about business, too. And know the Money Making Conversation is your home. Atlanta Breakfast Club is the place thank to go sir. eat. Thank you, sir. Thank, thank you, you thank, I, you, thank I, you. And I'm posting us. on Rashawn Eats again this week, too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Hey, this is Tasha Evans, and I love to eat at great restaurants. And more than that, I love great desserts. So does Rashawn McDonald. Check out his new website. That's www.rashawnmcdonald.com. That's R-U-S-H-I-O-N, and McDonald is spelled just like the famous restaurant chain. Guys, Rashawn is looking for great bakers for his Baker Spotlight. He wants to brag on his fans for their incredible baking skills on his social media and website. That can be your mom, friend, co-worker, or relative. Spread the word today. Visit RashawnMcDonald.com.
0: My next guest is on the phone. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've been waiting on this young lady. She's a she's a star. She's a star. Let me give you the intro so we can get rolling right quick. Cause i got two breaks with her. My next guest is a serial entrepreneur. One who comes let me tell you what a serial entrepreneur is. One who comes up with an idea, gets the company started, then goes on, then goes on to a new venture. People say that about me. You know, I, I just, not that I'm bored. I just feel that this, this, if you do it right, why why should you stay focused on that if you have something else that excites you, that is in your mind to create? She currently has three restaurants, three restaurants in full operations. A spa salon, a salon spa, and suite located in the heart of downtown. Popular female dating app called Girl Talk. There's no stopping this powerful and influential businesswoman. We have seen many advances of how black women are rising to the top in industries such as music, entertainment, film, and thanks to my guest, hospitality. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations the owner of Dillard Hospitality Group, Snoop.
7: Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be on this call right now.
0: Come on now. I'm going to tell you something, Snoop. Um, you are a version of me because you don't know how to sleep, girl. You don't know how Not to sleep. Not at all. <laughs> you know, it's really, but, you know, I don't, I don't consider, when people ask me all the time uh, how many hours I get, you know, I just tell people I go to bed when I feel like going to bed, but I do wake up at the same time every day. And, right right you know that's key because a lot of people think you can just drift your times you know you i mm-hmm. get up no you can't talk about that whole process of a day in the life of you and then i want to talk about uh your, your foundation and because i got you for two breaks i want to talk about a number of things i also want to talk about the money making mondays that you do as well so let's talk about uh, a day in your life snoop
7: a day in my life. So, um, generally, so you know, as we know, today is Monday. So, normally on Mondays, I meet with all of my GMs and my higher ups, and um, just make sure we're on the same page. Talk about any issues, any to-dos, um, anything we want to improve on, and then I kind of make my rounds and check on the businesses. And mm-hmm. so, um, throughout the week, um, I kind of, I, I, I really, I'm very organized, and I kind of run myself on a set schedule. So.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: That's what I do on Mondays. Tuesdays, I normally get out and look at real estate properties Mm -hmm. and um, take care of a couple of other little meetings. Sometimes I do business consultations Mm
3: -hmm.
7: um, on Tuesdays. Um, On Wednesdays, I normally work on my app. And then Friday is generally kind of my personal day. Thursday is kind of a cleanup day, (laughs) Um, just going to the businesses and making sure that they're executing the way that we need to be.
0: Now, with that being said, on Mondays, I do money-making conversations. Then you do money-making Mondays on your Instagram account. That's why I know it's synergy. We're going to talk one day, okay? So tell us how did money-making Mondays start on your Instagram account. Yes,
7: so money-making Mondays, um, I started that maybe about four years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And pretty much what it is is it's a – platform, a free platform for me to be able to give um, advice to other entrepreneurs or, or aspiring entrepreneurs. Um, and so what I do is um, it's a lot of storytelling, telling my story and how it is that I get to where I am today. Um, and it's an open platform. I do it live on my Instagram um, and answer various questions, you know, from other individuals out there. So mm-hmm. Um, it gives gives people kind of that one on one time and access
0: to me. Right. Because see, that's why I started money making conversation started on my Facebook page. And so oh, nice, uh, when nice. I was managing Steve Harvey, you know, people was always coming up to me, can you mentor me? Can you can I call you? You know the same that's why she know the same things happen to her all the time. You know, can you can can I get your number? Can I get your emails? Hold up, hold up. Money Making Mondays, okay, 8 p.m. each standard time on my Instagram account, at WhoIsSnoop, you can you can get online, and then you can follow me, and then you can ask me any questions. I mentor you through my Instagram account. That's what she's saying. And then she get then other people have similar questions. And she can answer thousands of people or hundreds of people at the same time from an expert standpoint. Because generally, Absolutely. people have the same question. They have the same, how do I start a business? How do I avoid taxes? How do I Employment, all all the things that you, the people need to know. But the fact that you're taking time, because I know that's why I started this radio show. Because I know on my Instagram account, I was just doing. I wasn't even doing it live. See, she's smart. She's doing it live where well, she can talk. I was doing a chat, so you know, I was chatting. Somebody asked me a question. They want to know another question. Another another. They about six eight questions down before I wrapped up with that one person. So I know uh-huh. the value of what you're talking about. But again, it's still about giving. it, Information to people, not charging for the information. You know, taking advantage of the blessings given to you, you're returning it with this information portal called Money Making Mondays.
7: Absolutely.
0: Now let's talk about Dillard Hospitality Group. That's you. How did it come about? You know, I said earlier you're a serial entrepreneur. Talk about different business businesses that you have under that umbrella. Yeah. So
7: I been an uh, entrepreneur uh, for the past 11 years ever since I was about um, I went to Vanderbilt at age 16 graduated at 20 and um, I've been owning businesses ever since about a year after college and so um, once I kind of had my trial and error and you know some of those failures and actually started having successful businesses, um, I decided to kind of put them under this um, umbrella, um, Dillard Hospitality. You know, for all of my restaurant ventures.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and
7: so I've been here. I've been here in Atlanta for about ten years. I uh, started a party bus company when I first moved here. You
0: said party bus, um, a party bus company. Uh
7: huh. Now, yeah. what, what, well,
0: exactly bu- <laughs> what, what exactly was that?
7: Party bus king. What exactly was that? Um, it, I owned party buses and so people could rent the buses to take mm-hmm. them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it was a really big thing, you know, back when I was doing it.
3: Right. <laughs> um,
7: but yeah, so, um, I was doing it and I was doing it for about two or three years. It was, it was fairly successful. You know, we've uh, profited. You know, over six figures a year and things of that nature, but it wasn't something that I loved and something right. that I really enjoyed. Right. Um, and, and what I really love and enjoy doing is the actual the restaurants and the lounges. And so, um, I saved my money from that business and was able to open up. Um, which was my second lounge. I opened up my first lounge when I was 24, but mm-hmm. um, my second one, which ended up being my first successful one, was the Hookah Hideaway, mm-hmm. which I owned right off of Auburn Avenue right. um, on Jesse Hill Jr. Drive. And mm-hmm. so I um, started that business. Um, a couple years into that venture, I was um, able to connect with the rapper 2 Chains. Um, I had wanted to do a second location,
3: mm-hmm.
7: um, and the business people kind of linked us together felt like we would be a good good pair to do business with each other, um, and they were right. Right. And, uh, you know, we, we got together, and we did Escobar Restaurant and Tapas. Uh, we later opened Members Only Lounge, which is right downtown as well. Um, and then I also own Crave um, solely by myself. It's a restaurant venture that I just opened a couple weeks ago at Little Five Points. No, no, and then, you no, Snoop, no, no, Snoop, Snoop,
0: Snoop, 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 Snoo, 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 you're too much now, you know, because you're not even stressing in this, I'm, I'm tired listening to you, Snoop, somewhere along the line, I got to stop you and say, first of all, you know, I went to Vanderbilt when I was 16, graduated when I was 20, okay, she's just casually, I went to, I went to University of New when I was 18, and I graduated when I was 25, okay, I'm just letting you know who you're talking to. Okay. I got a math degree, but I'm going to just slow you down now. I'm proud of my little degree, but I wasn't 16 and 20, okay? And then at 24, I opened my next restaurant, and then I had the Party Kings. We're making six figures, but I wasn't happy with the way I was making the six figures. Then I got in business with a rapper. We hit it right off, you know. So now we got the, we got this, we got that. And then crazy, I decided to do that on my own. Now, let's talk about that. Let's talk about this, stuff. You're going to have a driver next year, because I want you to live to you old and great.
7: It's about that time.
0: Okay. <laughs> Rashawn McDonald telling you right now, you never met me before, but you know I love you, girl, and I want you, because you're doing stuff for the community, you're doing stuff for yourself, you're showing women a form of empowerment that you can do business, multi levels of business, in the hospitality world, okay? Which we know is a male-dominated world, okay? And so, <laughs> and being successful. So, so, I jokingly just stopped you so you can hear yourself. Because people like me, like you, have a general tendency to just keep doing stuff but don't understand that what you're doing is not normal. Mm-hmm. You know that. Mm-hmm. You know what you're doing is not normal, correct?
7: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> just and I think okay. what you said is so true because a lot of times I think when you're a super motivated person, you're always doing a lot of things. You know, it, it, it definitely is really important to stop and smell your own roses, you know what I mean? And, you know, kind of give yourself that pat pat on the back. You know, you
0: do. A lot you of do. times
7: we forget to do that, you
0: know? You do, and I, and I think that's important. Uh, that's why I developed this show, because I, it was about being, having a balanced <laughs> life. You know, I, didn't, I wasn't really understanding that, being able to, because I was just on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. And sometimes you get nervous sometimes that nervousness drives you to the next because you don't know if you miss out on an opportunity will it come around but you know your brand is such snoop that you know i'm just looking at i'm just looking at now you know now it's just it's just it's protecting you you know what i'm saying Right. It's allowing right. you to sit back and and like i said and you have the right to sit in the throne you have the right to sit in the throne and understand these are the people who allow me to be great and because you've done the work to, to, you've got, you got the resume to justify that you are great and so when I look at this, now tell us about the Crave restaurant here. It was a little five points. Tell us about that menu.
7: Yeah, so Crave restaurant, it has a really unique concept behind it. What I did is I, I looked at the phenomenon that we have in here in Atlanta, which is, um, you know, most of the people here are not from here. You know, you've got a melting pot of people that come from different cities and countries and things of that nature. And so um, a lot of us that aren't born and raised here in Atlanta, we, we come from other cities and we've right. got... Signature dishes and things of that nature that these other cities are known for that a lot of people crave and miss, you know, oh. once they miss, once they move here. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of played off of that, and uh, we serve things like Maine lobster rolls, Philly cheese steaks, Detroit Coney Island, uh, Chicago guy rolls. So I took items from popular cities around the country um, and just put them all together on a menu, and so you know you've got people coming in from. Ohio that are used to their five-point Skyline Chili. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can they can literally get it right there at Crave. And it tastes, you know, just like it used to taste back at home. So um, that's the unique concept that I came up with at Crave. And like I said, we've been open for about two weeks. We'll be having our grand opening um, the end of this month. Okay,
0: okay, okay, cool. Now, now, now. You know I got to, I'm a foodie now. Now, <laughs> if you don't let me, if I'm not there for it, because, you know, I do this thing called Rushon mm-hmm. Eats. It's my little, uh. I put it on my, I got almost a million followers and I I, I post popular restaurants, popular eateries that I go to, and you know, you're my girl, so I, I, I gotta be there to support you. Because of the oh, fact okay, that this we menu... gotta have
7: you come out and try some of this good food we yeah, got over here. Come on. Come on. Let's
0: let's do it before you know, because you do like a little a little eatery thing, right? Where we bring people in and sample. Yes, will... we
7: do. Uh huh. Yeah, we'll be doing that with the media. Um, I think we've got that scheduled for the 18th. I've got to check with with the team, but yes, we definitely will be doing that, and we'll make sure that you're there.
0: Okay. Make sure you tell me what time I have a flight out on the okay. 18th at night, but I will move it. I will move it for okay. you. Because I oh, know. Well thank you. I'm I too, appreciate that. I'm gonna tell you something. Because I just love what you do. I love your brand. I love what you're trying to do. I uh, I know next time I if you have time, I know you're busy. You know, if you can come in the studio, we can talk long because you have such a fascinating Absolutely. story. You have such a great you're a great uh, position of what you where you are in life. And you first of all, more importantly, you have a sense of humor, which I love the most. Um <laughs> She is called Snoop. Who is Snoop? Tonight on her Instagram, you can find out APM. Go to at who at who is Snoop and you can see a live giving you free advice on how to be successful. Snoop, thanks for coming on my show, and I want to be there on the 18th, okay?
5: Money-Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com. And follow Money-Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.